Welcome to another episode of Ruminations from Pardes. In this episode, I'll be dealing with the mystical nature of the Ten Words. And I'll be reading from the source, a Torah commentary written by Isaiah Horowitz in the 15th century, Shnei Lukot Habrit. It is a three-volume set, and I'm reading from the second volume, beginning on page 491, I shall now attempt to convey some of the mystical dimensions of the Ten Commandments, five of which address themselves to our Maker and five to the well-being of our fellow man. We are already well aware that the, that the entire Torah consists of permutations of the name of God, permutations which extend endlessly in all directions of the universe. The four-lettered, ineffable name, uh, yod Hey, vav Hey is the name which symbolizes God's essence. All other names are somehow derived from this four-letter name. These various kinoim pseudonyms of God's names in turn derive from the names that are subordinate to the four-letter name. There is not a word or letter in the Torah which does not in some form allude to a kanui, and therefore indirectly to the name of God, and which in turn links up with the four-lettered ineffable name. This means that Torah Adonai Tamima, that the Torah of God is whole, complete, and in all its aspects somehow lead back to the ineffable name. Keeping this in mind, it is easy to understand that the Ten Commandments contain within them the whole Torah in capsule form. The Ten Commandments consist of 620 letters corresponding to Keter Torah, the crown of Torah. 613 of these letters represent the 613 commandments of the Torah that are addressed to this Jewish people, whereas the other seven letters represent the seven Noahide laws addressed to all of mankind. It is fairly obvious, then, that the Ten Commandments, more than any other part of the Torah, contain the mystical dimension of the ineffable name, the shape and size of the tablets on which the ten words were engraved allude to the letters of the ineffable name. The number 10 corresponds to the letter Yud of that name. The five commandments engraved on either one of the tablets correspond to the two letters He of the ineffable name. The letter Vav is represented by the height, width, and thickness of the tablets, i.e. six tefakim handbreadths each. When we cube the dimensions of the tablets, six by six by six, we obtain 216 cubit tefakim. This number equals the mystical dimension of the ineffable name when we spell the letters as words, using the method involving the letter Yud. This is how it appears. Yud, Vav, Dalet, 20, plus... Hey Yud 15 plus Vav Yud Vav 22 plus Hey Yud 
equals 15. The total you obtain is 72. Viewing, the, viewing this number in the three dimensions of the tablets, you arrive at 3 times 72, 216. The number corresponds to the number of letters, 3 times 72 in each verse. And the three successive verses in Exodus 14, 19, verses 19, 20, and 21, describing the interposition of God's angel between the camp of the Israelites and that of the Egyptians. The author of Ginat Egoz comments that the ineffable name, spelled in letters, amounts to 26, and that this number equals the numerical value of the 10 words. And in brackets, no explanation is offered as to how that number is arrived at. The author adds that there are 620 letters in the 10 words corresponding to the numerical value of the word keter, crown. In order to understand this calculation, you must realize that the 10 words are the mystical dimension of the ineffable name in the way it is written and in the way it is read. That is what God meant when he told Zeshami Veze Zekri Vehe Adonai Behekal Kadsho. This is my name, and this is the way I wish it to be mentioned. The additional quote may demonstrate that in his own abode, God is referred to by a different name than when in communication with man. This refers to the written spelling of God's name, the name Adonai. It's God's name as it is pronounced when we read it. Between the two spellings, we have the mystery of the relationship between God and Knesset Yisrael, the spiritual equivalent of the people of Israel. The soul of Israel, which is called Adam, corresponds to the emanation Malkut, which represents the name Adonai the secret of the union with the emanation Tiferet, the emanation which produces the souls, Neshamot. We know that Malkut is the source of Israel from the verse, B'meh Kahalot Barku Elohim Adonai Membakor Yisrael. In assemblies, bless God, the Lord, who, you who are the fountain of Israel, Psalm 68.27. In view of the above, it is justified that the first five of the ten words speak of the name of God as it is spelled yod vav whereas the last five commandments speak of that name as it is read Adonai, the source of Israel, seeing that these five words regulate conduct between Jews and Jews. All is one at the very core of things. All leads back to the ineffable name. This is in line with what I have copied from the writings of Nachmanides, where he stated that the dual nature of the tablets, i.e. two tablets instead of one, symbolizes heaven and earth, groom and bride. All is based on the mystical dimension of the ineffable name spelled as either Yodke Vavke or Adonai, Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud. This brings a, a, a deeper understanding of why these are words of life. Because of the ineffable name, it brings life. As it is 
uh, written in Psalm 19, verse 8, the Torah of Adonai is perfect, restoring the soul. And I'm quoting the CJB, the complete Jewish Bible on that verse. On Exodus 19.20, Nachmanides writes as follows, If you take a close look at this chapter, you will understand that God descended on Mount Sinai in his capacity as the inevitable name and resided there in fire. Whenever God is mentioned as speaking with Moshe throughout this chapter, he did so as the attribute of yod heh vav i.e., he used the ineffable name as his means of communication. God elevated Moshe and brought him towards a level of great honor and warned the people that the people should not overstep their bounds or they would cause themselves grave harm. Exodus 19.20-21 The writer of Hebrews mentions this aspect of the giving of the Torah, and I believe that is in chapter 10 of the letter to the Hebrews. The warning pertained to efforts to secure visions of God in his capacity as the ineffable name, something that even Etzeli B'nai Israel, the nobility of the children of Israel, mentioned as having a vision of God in Exodus 24, 10-11, did not see. However, all of Israel heard the voice of God out of the fire. Thus far, Nachmanides. God informed the Israelites of the fact that his ineffable name represents his essence. They heard his voice via Hekolo, his sanctuary, which is a description of the name Adonai, God's sanctuary or palace. In this case, the fire on Mount Sinai must be perceived of as a shell, which protects the listener or viewer from being burned by God's essence. This name, or fire, H dot, is maintained by performance of the 613 mitzvot on Israel's part. This is what God alluded to when he said, Zeh Shami Vezeh Zikri. The Zohar has already pointed out that when you pair the word Shami with half the ineffable name, you attain the number 365 i.e. the number of negative mitzvot in the Torah. Whereas when you pair the word Zakri with the other half of the ineffable name, Vav, Hey, you obtain the number 248, the number of positive commandments in the Torah. In order to emphasize the division we have outlined further, the Torah in Deuteronomy 4.36 describes the episode of the revelation on Mount Sinai in the following words. Min Hashemayim, Cheshemaecha et Kolo, Ve'al Haaretz, Ha'raecha et Shamo. From the heaven he let you hear, etc. On earth he showed you his fire. It is also written that our God is also a consuming fire. But again, this is the kind of fire that brings life. It brings energy. It brings spiritual sustenance to the, to the hearers, to the seers at this most unique event, which there is none like it and there never will be again. This is probably the only exception of um, Ecclesiastes 1.9. What has been will always be. 
Events described in this manner by Isaiah Horowitz demonstrate to us that the giving of the Torah is unlike any other event in recorded human history. The revelation of the divine from a place that is beyond our comprehension as finite beings that were created in his image and yet we can still have a sense of the divine when we perform the mitzvot of the Torah because it is our connection, it is our life and it is so important to be mindful of this. And this is something that the Jewish people have preserved for 3,500 years in holiness and in sincerity.